Hi there, my name is Jonathan. I'm the host here at The Venue RX, and our mission is to document and share the best practices for building, owning, operating, and managing world-class wedding venues. Our company, Common Sense Events, is a venue management company that consults, manages, and operates venues all over the US. I'm here to share the mindset and methods that have worked for us in the past and are working for us now as we continue to build our venue management company. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider subscribing and sharing this, and let's get to the show. What's up everyone, Jonathan here with the Venue RX podcast and on this channel we are passionate about documenting and sharing best practices around owning, operating and managing world-class wedding venues. And a lot of that motivation for us really comes from uh, just learning everything we can about this industry, about what it takes to run a, a truly amazing wedding venue, a well-run wedding venue. And we've been doing that and kind of looking at that in a number of different ways. We've been talking to venue owners, which has been incredible on our venue owner series. And I really encourage you to check that out if you haven't already. Uh, we've also done some solo content just with me and our company, Common Sense Events, what, what we've been doing and growing and learning. And then we also have the regular uh, interview podcast that we've been doing, that we interview industry experts and people who provide a lot of value in the industry. And that's what we're gonna be doing today. We've got uh, a guest who actually we've had the pleasure of working with personally with our company here, Common Sense Events, for quite a while. And I am really, really pleased and excited to welcome Miles from Event Helper to the Venue RX. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited about chatting with you about insurance, which is you know what we're going to be talking about today. And insurance may not be a really exciting topic, you know, when you <laughs> when you think about it on the on the surface, but there's really a lot of protection uh, for a business owner and for a venue specifically, and just kind of what what is at stake here with uh, with venues. There's a lot of importance around insurance, and so I'm excited to unpack this with you today, and you know, kind of have a bit of a dialogue around you know the cases that insurance is important in, in what you guys do for the industry, how you work with venues. Uh, but before we get there, can we kind of dive into maybe your personal background a little bit and then maybe a little bit about Event Helper, how you got started. Uh, but if you could kind of start with you personally, how you got into this industry, that'd be rad. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we've known the owners of the company for probably about the last eight years. Uh, my wife actually works for them in a kind of separate capacity, but uh, I had some changes coming up with my previous job. Uh, reached out to the event help and I was like, hey, you, you guys got anything open or whatever? And uh, this is about uh, early 2021. Uh, and they were like, yeah, you know, we can have a new concept that we're looking to develop at the event over here. And basically is what it is, is partnership relations, you know, working directly with the venues, making sure that the venues are well taken care of and that their insurance requirements are met. And just being a little bit more uh, able to facilitate what the wedding venues need regarding the event insurance. So that was how I came in. Uh, it's been about a year and a half. I've been working on it. Uh, it's been going great. And uh, it's super interesting. A lot of fun. Great, great work environment. A lot of cool people. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's how I got here. Totally. That, that's so neat. Then <clears throat> the time that I met you, cause we met at wedding MBA right? It like a year, yeah. gosh, a year and a month ago now, just about. Yeah. yeah. And that was really cool because we had worked together before, you know, lots of emails back and forth on different things. Mm -hmm. And so that must have kind of been right when you were just getting started with the, the team. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I kind of came in, uh, we had a, you know, a little bit of a lapse in customer service uh, as far as employees go. So 
when I first started, I jumped into more of like the customer service role, answering the calls, doing the emails and that kind of stuff. But uh, about the time Winning MBA came around, I was really able to actually start diving into that kind of partnership aspect of, you know, my job. And so uh, the trade shows, that was the first one we ever went to. And I think it's been about 14 years the company's been around, you know, with something they'd never really done. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, we decided, we're like, well, let's get out there. Let's get in front of these venues. It's the people that we work with all the time, you know. And uh, it was surprising to see how many people there that we actually knew already. You know, people walked by, oh, yeah, we use you. We know you. And, you know, so it was really cool. And it's been great, you know, doing those trade shows. We've done maybe a half a dozen now and uh, try to do about three or four a year. And so, uh, yeah, it's been really good. But, yeah, that was kind of when this whole venue kind of partnership you know, really started rolling was about when you and I met down there. Totally. Well, that's huge. And the venue partnership piece of this and just making sure that there is a really good relationship. And I think that's one of the things we really value about working with you and the team there. Like you guys are really responsive. Our venue managers who are associated with each one of the properties can reach out. And so um, when thinking about talking about insurance, I was like, okay, we got it. We gotta we gotta have a chat with Miles here, but um, okay. So yeah, I, I want to dive a little deeper. Could you first give us a very quick background on on Event Helper itself? Like how? Because you said they've been around for about fourteen years. Uh, you know, when when did they start? How did they start? And how did they get into doing you know event insurance? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the founder of our company started out like doing just kind of an independent insurance agency. I think it was like you know auto policies and business owners policies and that kind of stuff. Uh, started coming across this requirement of venues to, you know, for the event insurance and looking for a solution for that as an agent. And at that time, it was like a long 14-page document. You had to handwrite. You send it out. It was like three or $400 policy. Took weeks to bind. And he's like, hey, you know, there's a, there's a better way to do this. We can do this online. We can do it quick. We can have good, easy underwriting online and get this done in a five-minute online process, you know, for much less than it currently is, <laughs> you know, and uh, a lot more efficient, efficient and cheap, basically. Got it. Got it. That's huge. And that's exactly what you guys have now. I mean, it's like, it's a very, it's a very seamless process. Let's talk about insurance. I'm curious, um, what is, just from a very general perspective, you know, how important is insurance in this industry? I mean, is, is this something, are, is, are the insurance policies that, that you write ever getting used? Is this something that's, that, you know, is really important uh, from a venue perspective or is it more kind of like a safety buffer? Uh, both, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, it is getting used. I mean, we have, uh, you know, claims come in against our policies every day. Uh, it is a really the main thing about our insurance is that it's going to be it's protection for the event holder and it's protection, you know, for the event host, you know, there's claims against them, but really it acts as a buffer between, you know, a claim of an injury to a guest and that venue's actual business owner's policy. So if somebody gets hurt and uh, they don't have that event insurance policy to rely on to say, Hey, Somebody got injured. Here's my policy. Let's file a claim against it. Submit that over there. The next thing in line is going to be the venue's insurance policy, their actual business owner's policy. And so if those claims, if there's a large bodily injury claim that goes against the venue's policy, you know, that could affect their rates. That could get them non-renewed. Uh, just create a kind of a possible nightmare situation for the venue if they don't have basically a buffer in place before they're personally affected. 
Got it. Help me understand then how you work in the industry. So um, I'm, you know, I'm familiar with how we're using you guys, but typically what is your relationship to a venue? Yeah, so basically uh, we we partner with the venues. It's like a no obligation partnership, but uh, we basically gather the insurance requirements of that venue and we create a unique link to our application that the venues can provide to their clients. Uh, when the venue provides that link to the client, they access our application through it. It pre-fills everything with all of the venue's insurance requirements, um, their additional insured information, if they're familiar with that. Um, and also once they purchase through that link, we automatically deliver the documents. So we kind of take a an already streamlined five-minute online instant bind process, and we're able to reduce that down to you know a two- or three-minute process online for the consumer, which really kind of uh, takes out the question marks for them because the venue already has that information with us. And so uh, that's the way we work with venues, you know, and that goes anywhere from, you know, a small barn venue, uh, you know, in the Midwest or something like that, all the way up to municipalities that have multiple locations or, uh, you know, golf courses or hotel groups or whatever it may be. That's so important because, I mean, just speaking off of the venues that we manage here in Southern California, you know, some of them have multiple owners. Sometimes there are investor groups. Sometimes there are different partnerships or different, you know, pieces that need to be reflected. And so it's even if we supply all of the insurance information over to the client, we're kind of trusting that they're going to accurately give that to whoever their insurance provider is, and they're going to accurately list all the additional insureds and not just put the top one or whatever. Um, I know yeah. we, we have a property currently that has you know four, four different people that need to be listed, or four different entities, essentially. And so the, the capability of having your system kind of auto-populate all of that and just keep the client focused on you know, the selection of the dates and some, and the guest count and some of those simple things and then paying the for it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really, really huge. And so, there's, there's kind of two things there, uh, really, uh, going back to that, uh, that's kind of the goal of those, those partnerships, with the venue is, uh, to eliminate the post-purchase work. So if uh, they receive a certificate of insurance from a client, venue looks at it and they're like, oh man, they forgot to list these other two entities as additional insured. Then they have to call us, they have to send us an email, they have to contact the client to get back to us, to get the certificate revised. And it's just like way more work than you should have to do when there's a, you know, basically an easier solution for it. Yeah. Can you break down really simply why insurance is, and I know you kind of alluded to it before, but can you break down pretty simply why insurance is so important, both for the client, you know, the couple who's booking the venue, and then um, kind of revamp again, like why it's so important for the venue to have that that insurance policy that is purchased by the couple? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, basically for the the client first, you know, if they're hosting an event at a venue, uh, say it's a wedding or something like that, uh, if they cause damage to that venue where there's damage done to that venue, you know, there's a couch that's broken and a window and they scrape up the floors and it's a $30,000 bill, you know, for the client because of the damage they did during the event. Uh, they have this policy in place with a minimum amount of a million dollars, you know, for each of those claims that they can rely on to where they're not going to be held personally liable and have to write a check out of their own pocket. So 
for an average hundred to $120 policy, they are able to, you know, avoid having to pay that $30,000 out of pocket. And uh, basically for the venue, again, they want that buffer in place. So they're not going to be the first big dollars, <laughs> you know, that they, that somebody's able to count on for, you know, a claim of injury to a guest during the event, but also, um, our policies do name the venues as additional insured on the policy. And is what that means is basically that's just protection for the venue from the event holder's negligence. So if somebody gets hurt during the event and or maybe they didn't get hurt and they're claiming they got hurt and they're going to sue somebody and they decide to sue the venue as well for something that happened during that event. Our policies actually provide legal defense to the venue if they're sued due to the event hosts actions or if it's a vendor's policy or you know a caterer or a dj or something like that our policies will offer legal defense to the venue you know so they have an extra layer of protection there as well that is huge that is so important and specifically i feel like for blank canvas venues you know you have a family property you have a barn you have a any one of these types of things especially where the owner has invested a lot of money into the property and you do have some of these things like floors you mentioned, um, you know, yeah. you know, even like there's so many different ways that <laughs> repeated 100, 200, 300 person guest counts can just totally wreak havoc on on a property. So this is so important, I feel like, for blank canvas venues, especially because it gives them that protection. And then mm -hmm. it also gives the couple a recourse to be able to, like, solve that problem pretty quickly if it's absolutely, you know something in play there what else is part of this picture like so can you kind of walk me through the full experience then let's say there is a claim and fingers crossed right there's no claim you know we don't we don't want that no we don't want any damage to happen to the property but let's say it's one of our properties um, that that we're sending out our client now has bound a policy with you guys for a wedding that's on our property. Let's say there was something that were to happen and we would say, hey, you know, you damaged some floors or, you know, you broke a water pump, right, at one of our properties. Here's a $500 bill or here's a $1,000 bill. What's now the process for the client? Yeah, so basically um, you don't even have to contact them uh, regarding the claim. If you're the venue operator or owner and you come in the next day and there's, we just had one yesterday, Yesterday, there was a toilet that got smashed and they walked into the bathroom. And the toilet was just, I don't know if it was a chunk out of it or what it was, but it was broken. Uh, you see that you call us and just say, hey, yesterday on, you know, either the policy number or the event host name, like we have this damage that was done. We say, all right, we shoot you an email and it basically just kind of asks you what happened, when did it happen, who saw it, you know, a few simple questions. We take that, submit that to our carriers, and they basically follow up within 24 to 48 hours to, you know, determine what level of uh, claims investigation needs to happen. Um, we do have on our policies, uh, so the injury to guests, like our minimum limit for an injury to a guest would be a million dollars on one of our policies, but we do have uh, a smaller amount set aside. It's called it's called medical payments. And that's a $5,000 limit on our policies. There's also a $10,000 available, um, but minimum is gonna be $5,000. And that's basically an amount that the carrier sets aside. So it's like somebody rolled their ankle, had to go to urgent care. It was a $1,200 bill. It's not worth 
assigning a claims adjuster to it and going through a full investigation process. They basically take that $5,000 and just have that ready for a small claim like that if something comes through. So, uh, yeah. I'm curious, yeah, claims process is easy. Okay. I, I'm curious about, you said small claim, $1,200. On the flip side of that, what's a large claim? Like what, like if you, you know, got a claim back or something maybe that you've even seen, what's a large claim? Yeah, there was one, there was, uh, there was a property somewhere in Southern California, like beautiful, crazy, old, expensive building. And uh, they had scraped up some floors, dragging some tables. I don't remember the exact amount, but I I, I think it was over $100,000. That's kind of the first one that pops into my head. I think it was like $120,000 of damage to the floors because it wasn't just that one section of floor. It was in a big room, so you couldn't just kind of pop up and change this like antique flooring over here you know so that would be an example of a larger claim uh there's obviously more the largest claims would be ones for really bad injuries to people at events you know um those would be the largest claims but uh yeah that's kind of a kind of ballpark on how those how those look Got it. Got it. So anywhere from twelve hundred to you said that a hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand. Well, and we even have uh, we'll even have venues call in and uh, somebody broke a chair and it's a two hundred dollar chair and they don't have a deposit, you know. So it's like, all right, well, we got to file a claim against the policy. Um, the good thing in that case and what we recommend to all venues is having a zero deductible on our policy because if there's, we also have a thousand dollar deductible option available, which does decrease the cost of the policy, but it's very minimal. Um, but that way, if there's a two hundred dollar chair that's broken, they file a claim. Well, the event host is still going to be responsible for a thousand dollars if they have a deductible on the policy. So, we always suggest to the venues that you have a zero deductible on there because they don't want to be like, hey, I just spent fifteen thousand dollars renting your venue and you're hitting me for a two hundred dollar chair over here you know so that zero deductible the policy is going to pay first dollar and the increase on the policy is maybe like a five to fifteen dollar increase on a you know hundred dollar policy basically yeah well what i'm getting at here what i'm like thinking this whole time is the insurance the amount of insurance the the cost of it is so minimal compared to the potential of risk i mean the risk that's out Absolutely. there and i mean for many venue owners you know we're trying to do the best job we can running the properties we want to create a safe environment we want to create a, a really fun experience um and a, a safe and fun experience but then you're mixing in alcohol you're mixing in you know an emotional environment you're mixing in all of these other things and then oftentimes in a historic space or in a you know gardens or you know all, all these different things there's a, a bunch of different factors here and so getting a policy for 120 140 even 200 dollars just it's a no-brainer yeah and i mean i know uh, sometimes the ones that will have more pushback are the smaller kind of like uh, smaller venues that are pretty inexpensive to where you know that that dollar amount is a big difference you know um it's a little bit easier for venues that are renting on a $15,000 space to say, hey, you got to buy this $120 policy. So I do understand the difficulty, you know, uh, at times with getting your clients to be like, you know, this is something you need. But really, it's protection to them. Uh, it's it's a pretty easy explanation. It's like, hey, I mean, if you if something happens to our venue during the event, do you want to potentially be responsible coming out of your own pocket for, you know, $5,000 of damage that gets done or 
do you want to just spend $100 on an event insurance policy or 120 or whatever it may be and just have that protection? You know, it's it, it makes a lot of sense. And we do have venues that will help facilitate the uh, event insurance, you know, as well for the clients. Like they'll include it in the cost of the rental or whatever it may be, you know. So there are some ways to kind of get around that. I was going to ask as far as burdening the client. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to ask about that. How does that play out if let's say the venue owner wants to include this as a feature? Let's say the venue rental is $6,000 or $8,000 or whatever. And, and you know, you want to put included in this is a, you know, policy for your, for your uh, event. Is that something that the venue can pay for or does it have to be the client paying for it? Absolutely. And we're actually working on a way better solution for this right now because we do have a lot of venues that are like, I don't want to burden my clients. I get a lot of pushback on it. You know, I just want to include it in the rental. So basically is what we'll do is we'll have the uh, client fill out the whole application, the, you know, the event organizer. And then once they get to the payment portion of it, it'll be sent off to the venue to where the venue actually is able to purchase it. So they're not actually paying for it, but they, that way they go through the whole application. They agree to the terms and conditions. They're aware of if there is a deductible, if it's on there, if there's not or whatever. But uh, that way they're aware of the whole policy that it exists, that they own it, that it's in their name, but then it can be sent off to the venue to purchase. Got it. That's huge. That's huge. And I mean, just like selfishly speaking, that's something that would definitely, we would definitely use for uh, all of our properties. So like that's, that's. Yeah. It's something we've had that need so much. And we have that question come up all the time. Uh, it's actually just something that we started working on about two weeks ago uh, to actually get to the portion where you can stop the application at the end and send it off to somebody else for payment. Because there are a lot of venues too that want to include it for their clients. They're like, I don't it's not a pushback issue. It's, it's something they want to do. And a lot of venues do just go out and purchase it on behalf of the client as it is. Um, that's not like a totally ideal situation because if, you know, the venue does purchase it on their behalf and there's a deductible, the clients will be responsible for money on the policy that they technically own, but they don't even know that they own. So they can be like, Hey, I'm not, paying a thousand dollars and even know about this policy, you know? Um, so in that case, we always recommend the, the venues to do the zero deductible, but we feel like this, uh, we're kind of calling it like a stop app, but you know, to where they get to the payment portion, they're able to send somebody else to pay for it. It kind of seems like a better solution to that whole kind of concept, I guess. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about risks that you see associated with, events you know what are maybe people not thinking about because you know certain properties of ours have more things that just to my mind immediately say this could be kind of a risk factor um, when you're looking mm -hmm. at a property or, or even maybe at the properties and the claims that you guys have had <clears throat> you know what are things that venue owners may not be thinking about that could actually cause some sort of environment for you know risk or people you know is it slipping and falling is it like give me some of those types of examples around risk yeah, um, probably one of the biggest uh, misconceptions that we run into a lot is uh, the venue owner will think that because the event host has a insurance policy that that extends to all of their vendors as well, uh, which it doesn't. So um, anybody that's hired to work at the event needs to carry their own insurance policy. So like if a caterer comes in and gets somebody sick and they have, you know, their business or whatever it is, the caterer comes in and 
bunch of people get sick and get food poisoning, that's going to be the responsibility and the liability of that caterer or that vendor. So the event host policy ne wouldn't necessarily be coverage for that. Um, and so basically anybody that's operating professionally at the event needs to have their own coverage because if they're, even if they're just like an independent person that just goes out and DJs five times a year, they used to do it and they're retired. They need to have that single day of coverage because if that DJ causes property damage to the venue, or if they cause injury to a guest, if they have their cable dragged out across the floor and they have it floating off the ground or something like that, somebody trips on it that's going to be the result of their negligence. And so if they don't have a policy in place, it's going to be that same thing for the venue where the next thing in line is going to be that venue's insurance, you know? And so you want to ensure that all of those caterers and vendors and florists and photographers and everybody has an existing policy, which most of them will already have an existing policy. They won't need that day of insurance. It's going to be more the people that just do it a few times a year. My brother-in-law used to DJ, you know, and he's going to do our wedding. So um, that's probably the most kind of misunderstood and overlooked kind of thing. Um, the event host policy is going to be there more in place for, you know, somebody's out there, they do a champagne toast, pop a bottle of champagne, goes on the dance floor, somebody walks by, slips and falls, you know, that's on the event host or that happened because of the event, you know, uh, and same with the damage to the venue, you know, so uh, yeah, 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 I just want to make sure that yeah, the event host in that case, just to, just to so we're kind of decide, like defining everything correctly. The event host is the person who's throwing the wedding, meaning the person, the couple, whoever's name is on the contract renting that venue. They're on the rental contract with the venue. Yep, exactly. Understood. So in the case of a situation like that, I've seen a couple of different cases where people have said, well, I have a homeowner's insurance policy and it covers, you know, weddings and it covers family get togethers and things like that. Um, is there, have you heard of that before? People trying to use kind of a, a rider, an additional rider on it, a homeowner's insurance policy. And is, is that really comparable to what you guys do? Um, so there's a few a few things with that. Uh, sometimes it does work. You know, that is something that is definitely an option out there. Uh, a lot of times we've come across it to where the homeowner's policy will not cover if there's alcohol at the event, which is 90% of the weddings, you know, I would say. Um, also, if they're going to use their homeowner's policy, they might be charged an additional fee to add that endorsement to add the venue as named insured. Um, it's also more of a process, you know, so if they're going to get in there and they're going to charge them a fee, I, I don't know what the fee might be, but, uh, they're going to have to contact their agent. They're going to have to get that endorsement done. It's going to be more work rather than getting on our website and filling out a three minute application and having your documents in hand right there. Uh, I've heard of that. I, I mean, I'm not sure how exactly that would work, but I don't know what kind of risk that poses to that person's actual homeowner's policy as well. I mean, if they filed a claim for $50,000 of damage to the venue or $10,000, if that would affect their homeowner's policy, yeah, you know, so that's a couple of things there that aren't ideal. And that's really why we exist is because people don't want to spend the time to get that done. They can't get the alcohol coverage or they don't want to, you know, put any more risk on their homeowner's policy. The one thing that comes to mind with that is, again, they have to make sure they, meaning the client, have to make sure that they are correctly inputting all of the 
information on, you know, and they're relaying that over. And with everything that couples are going through for their planning process, it's pretty easy to make some mistakes. And so speaking on that topic, how important it is to make, how important is it to accurately list information about your venue and about who's the ownership on the venue and kind of all of the pieces? Like what's, what's all involved there? Is it everyone who's involved on a money standpoint, whose name is on the deed? Like what, what is all there that needs to be included on the contract? Yeah, um, basically that that information would really come from whoever carries the business owner's policy for that venue. They'll be able to help you out with like who needs to be listed as additional insured on the policy. But uh, typically it's going to be somebody that has like a financial interest in the venue beyond just the owners as well. So if like if there's another company that, you know, owns 50% of the venue, they would want to be listed along with that venue's LLC or whatever it may be. Um, if it's a, uh, venue that's like, they rent the venue from somebody else, or there's a parent organization, you want to list all those on there. Uh, a lot of cities and counties will also require to be on there. Um, we just had one for, uh, Calaveras County in California today, where the county insisted on being listed as additional insured on every single policy before they approved the rental use permit for that event. So we were able to partner with that venue, create that application process that automatically lists them both, automatically delivers that over to the county and sends it to the venue. So it's done right. They're not having the county come back and say, hey, this is wrong. You have to fix it. You can't have that event or you can't book that event until it's correct. You know, so yeah, there's there's a lot of different entities that would want to be listed as additional insurance, but that's kind of broad strokes there. Totally. How how granular are they getting? Like, are, if you're putting, if you know, names incorrectly spelled or something like that, is that going to get the claim denied, or is it like, what are the? And again, speaking of broad terms here, what kind of things are are really really material as far as you know, making sure that this information is right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a level of intent. Like a a spelling error wouldn't you know cause an, an issue necessarily, but. Uh, you definitely do want to have those things as accurate as possible because if you're going to have, you know, lawyers picking it apart at some point or whatever, you want to have all those entities listed. And that's why, you know, having that venue link is so important because it's going to be done right. We have uh, like, you know, one of the venues of yours that you spoke of had like the four additional insured listed, you know, and that's more than normal. Usually it's just the venue name or the LLC, but you know, three or four is common, but we have some venues that have, you know, a hundred additional insureds in a building in New York that, you know, has, I don't know, the ownership of the building, the city, like it, it's crazy. Some of them, you know, so when we get those calls and they're like, Hey, my insurance is wrong. Uh, here's what you need to fix. And we're like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah, there's, it varies wildly for sure. You guys definitely have experience here. You know, you've, uh, you've, seen so many different scenarios and so many different things. I mean, like a hundred, like just hearing that, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is so many additional insureds. Talk to yeah. me, <laughs> uh, talk to me about um, fraud. And I'm curious about this because we actually had a scenario with you guys yeah. that was really, really interesting. We had a vendor 
who wasn't on a preferred list or anything like that, who came to us, you know, they wanted to, to work on the property. We, of course, require that, you know, everyone, all the vendors and everyone has insurance. So we asked to see the insurance. They provided us with insurance. And when we um, checked in with you, and kudos to you guys for having great customer service and, you know, being able to reach out, we found out that they it was some sort of forgery or something like that where you guys weren't actually covering them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was wild. So um, that's, we were on a zoom meeting with your team and uh, another really important thing about having a partnership link with, with us is that you get the documents delivered directly to you from us. So, you know, it's real and legit. And we had just gotten done saying that. And one of your team members, she's like, oh, I just got this certificate of insurance. And it looks a little weird, you know? And I was like, all right, well, pull it up on the screen. Let's look at it. So she pulled it up. And uh, immediately I saw that it was like our old format that we haven't used in, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure how many years, but well before I started, you know, probably five, six, seven years. And I saw that and I was like, I've never seen that really. That looks not right. You know? So uh, when we got off of our Zoom call, I took that, uh, certificate of insurance over to another one of my coworkers here. And I was like, Hey, look at this, you know? And he's like, Oh my God, that's, that's a fraudulent document all the way. Like that is somebody went in, took an original, they had bought a certificate of insurance from us. I think it was like maybe six years ago. And they basically just used a PDF editor to put in different dates. And then they, they weren't very good at it either. <laughs> they missed a lot of information. So it was very clear and obvious, but uh, yeah, in that case, uh, that's, the benefit of having us directly deliver the documents to you because you know it's real and legit because if something were to happen with that vendor at the event, I mean, there's no coverage and you don't know that, you know, you think, oh, the vendor gave me that certificate of insurance. It has to be legit, you know, when indeed it's, it's a rare case. It doesn't happen that often, you know, maybe a few times a year. Uh, but that was just the weirdest thing that happened when we were on the call together too. And they're like, pull it up on your screen for your team. And we're looking at it. We're like, this is just bizarre, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, that you really want to make sure those documents come directly from us just to make sure they're, they're real. Totally. So they're going from the client, the client's putting them in, but then they're coming back to us. And we have that system set up with you guys, obviously, and other venues can have that set up as well as a part of the partnership thing. Mm -hmm. But so just to kind of recap, though, if there was, let's say that DJ, <clears throat> you know, some chords or something like that uh, were there and either, you know, someone tripped, fell over the chords, you know, or maybe he used tape on the you know, dance floor surface. And when he ripped the tape up, you know, it ripped a, a varnish off or something like that. If we as the venue, any of the venues listening right now, if you had a similar scenario were to rip up, you know, something now ruins your floor. Now you're going to go back and contact you guys to say, Hey, we have, you know, a claim. You're going to say, I've, I've never heard of this policy number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And basically at, at that point, I mean, they're not going to have any that DJ is not going to have any protection under the policy because it's fraudulent. So they're, they're going to be held personally liable. Um, hopefully they have the funds to, you know, do that. And I'm sure there'd be some sort of level of investigation with the department of insurance at that point, you know, for insurance fraud, which basically is what that is. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there, there would not be any coverage for that DJ, you know, so they're going to be personally liable. And if it was a injury to guest type situation and it was a, big claim of a hundred or $2,000 or something like that, you know, then the venue's putting themselves at risk, you know, by, you know, not having insurance for the DJ because, you know, they were committing fraud at that point. 
Totally. And a lot of times, depending on how the venue is set up and how much you know, cash flow they have coming in, you know, venues that are operating on a cash basis instead of an accrual basis, you know, you're, you're bringing in deposits, but especially for those newer venues, you're just bringing the deposits in. You don't have second, third, fourth payments coming in. So depending on where you're at in your venue life cycle, you know, making sure that you have those protections to buffer you and to not need to tap into your cash reserves um, are Absolutely. like, it's just a game changer as far as your ability to make really good business decisions, you know? Well, and that's, that's the, the greatest thing. I mean, for a hundred bucks, you have a million dollars in coverage, you know, so it's, and we also do have higher limits not available, which is specific to each venue. I would say probably 90% of them fall in that million dollar coverage is sufficient for the venues, but sometimes it's going to be a more expensive venue and they're going to need up to $5 million, you know, of coverage available. So there's sort of a broad spectrum of that. Well, 90% of it lands in a certain zone. We do have a lot more available for, you know, venues that do have different requirements or needs. Totally. Miles, I want to ask you a final question before we, um, we wrap up today here. Is there any case where you feel like someone wouldn't need insurance? Like, is there an environment where you might have somebody, maybe they're hosting only five or 10 weddings a year, or just what, what would be the circumstances that someone may be listening to this right now and might say, I don't, you know, it's going to be more money than it is to, you know, the risk. Maybe if it's, they're doing mm -hmm. it in a padded room and like, what are the kind of, yeah. <laughs> what are the environments where someone would uh, need an insurance uh, policy like what you guys provide? Coming from the insurance guy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it exactly. looks like you, you, you always need it. You always want it because you're exposing yourself to, you know, those claims and you're putting your venue at risk when you don't have it. I know like a lot of times they'll say, oh, we only need uh, insurance if there's alcohol at the event. If it's a dry event, if it's a kid's birthday party for two hours, we don't need to have the insurance. And it's like, well, I, I see where you're coming from. It makes sense because there's inherently less risk at that event without alcohol, you know, but if one of those kids goes and, you know, breaks his leg or something like that, or has some sort of injury that requires surgery and rehabilitation, all that kind of stuff. And the event organizer is, doesn't have the money to pay for it. You know, they're going to come to the venue for that, you know, the, that, that money. And so there may be less risk, you know, at those events, uh, there definitely is, but I mean, there's always risk out there. And if you don't have, our policy in place or an event insurance policy in place, then you're just opening yourself up to be the next in line or the first in line, maybe, you know, and uh, also, you know, again, with the damage, I mean, if they don't have the money to pay for the damage to your venue, okay, well, they broke three windows and the toilet and scraped the floors and there's $6,000 of damage to the venue. If it's a new venue that's just starting up, like you were saying, that doesn't necessarily have those funds available to pay for that, this person doesn't pay for it. Well, then it's just, you're stuck, you know, and for a hundred dollars, you could have had that coverage in place to pay for that stuff. So yeah, I would say always. <laughs> you mentioned, so I want to dive into this just a little bit more. You mentioned low risk, no alcohol, kids' birthday party. What then increases the risk? Like guest count? What other similar things? Uh, yeah, so the main things that are uh, going to determine the price of the policy are going to be uh, the type of event it is and the guest count. So something like a wedding with 40 people is going to be the least expensive policy we could sell, but something like a music festival with 5,000 people, there's a lot more risk there. You know, um, 
and you know, uh, I guess I would say probably like, I mean, we do uh, policies, individual day of policies for like bartenders and there's more risk for somebody that's hired to professionally serve alcohol at an event rather than, you know, an event host at a small kid's birthday party with 20 people, you know? So uh, the type of event or the type of vendor and the number of people that are going to be at the event are the primary things that will determine the amount of risk that the carrier is taking on by selling its policy. Understood. Understood. That makes sense. Well, gosh, this has been really, really fun. I know, like I said in the beginning, insurance isn't necessarily something that it's like, oh, yay, you know, we get to talk about this, but it's, I think it's so important because we've seen so many different things happen at our, our venues in just the two years that we've been around and the four venues that we manage. And, you know, at, at scale in different parts of the country and different, different things like that, I know that it's such a scary feeling to know that this huge investment that you have is, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, midnight, you know, depending on the rules and regulations, like people are, people are getting hammered. People are having a good time and you hope that everything's going right, but totally. you want to be prepared and covered, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So awesome. Well, Miles, I really appreciate you, um, you know, not only helping service and work with our team, but just what you're doing on the venue partnership side. I think it's definitely elevating our industry. And if people are interested in, in looking more into event helper and kind of seeing what you provide, or maybe there's a venue owner who's listening to this right now saying like, man, we haven't been providing, we haven't been, you know, needing, requiring any insurance for the last year nothing's happened, but like, we don't want to keep rolling the yeah. dice. Where, where should they go? Are, you know, should, is it best to reach out on Instagram website? Is there a phone number? What's the best way to reach out? Uh, yeah, you can email me or call me directly. Uh, my phone number is 530-500-2003 or my email is miles, M-Y-L-E-S at the event helper.com. And, and uh, I'm the uh, partner relations manager. So anything partnership related or, venue related, all funnels through me. So yeah, reach out to me directly and I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm sure it kind of seems like there's not a lot to talk about, but I think we only, you know, <laughs> there's so much to this and there's so many questions that come up that are specific to each venue. So yeah, just call or shoot an email and yeah, ask me for anything. Awesome. Miles, thank you so much. I really appreciate you popping on here today. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see everyone in the next episode. Make sure you guys go and, and check out what Miles is doing over there at Event Helper. And um, yeah, say hi to him if you run into him at, at you know, any one of the different trade shows you guys are at, Wedding MBA, you know, wherever else. But it was, uh, it was good chatting, man. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? We don't run ads. We're not really looking to do that, but we do want to grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on you know, YouTube, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally and I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.